Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. I'm supporting all my favorite Bay Area teams. Who are you rooting for? From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. There's always the online casinos as well. They never close. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Polina Edmonds. And today I have a fun series of segments as well as a main overall topic of my retirement that I had just announced last week. So I'm going to give you the full story on my decision to step away from competitive skating. But before I begin, a quick word from my sponsor. Today's show is presented by Beachley, who I'm super excited about because I live near the beach and I love the beach style. Beachley is a box of beach-inspired apparel and accessories delivered four times a year. With Beachley, you get six to eight pieces of premium apparel, and proceeds from each box sold funds beach cleanups by Heal the Bay. You choose either quarterly or annual payments for your subscription, and you can also cancel at any time. So go to Beachley's website and use our promo, SKATING, to get $20 off your subscription. Again, use our code SKATING, that's S-K-A-T-I-N-G, at checkout at beach.ly today. Now back to the show. Here's a fun story for you guys. So when I was two years old, I took my first semi-private lesson, which is like a double lesson. My mom actually put my skates on opposite feet, and she did not know this. I skated great for most of the lesson, and I was able to do everything instructed of me with skates being on the opposite foot. But the last five minutes, I fell really hard, and I started crying. My mom took me off the ice and put me on her knee, trying to console me. And then my mom noticed that my skates were on the wrong feet. Lesson of that was she was so proud of the fact that I even got through almost the entire lesson with my skates on the wrong feet. And so she always says, it doesn't matter the equipment in the beginning with whatever you're doing. You can see when a kid has talent with their ability. So that's my fun story for you guys. Next segment, hot take. My hot take of the week is if you skate to a program like Romeo and Juliet, I think you need to skate to Juliet's music from the play. As women portraying Juliet on the ice, it doesn't make sense to me to skate to Romeo's music from the play. I just think the conflict of music and character doesn't really make sense. So ladies, I would encourage you to skate to Juliet's music for the more romantic, gentle feeling on the ice. Topic of the week is retirement. I made the decision in June of this year to step away from competitive skating. And here's why. So last year, I competed at several competitions. I had major anxiety competing. So I had taken 10 months off and then I started skating again and it took me that full year 
to return all of my elements and get comfortable with programs. Even though I returned everything, I couldn't quite perform. Example of that would be sectionals. I came to sectionals super prepared. I was skating really well in practices before I flew there and then during the actual competition practices, I was skating really well. Then when I started to compete, the six minute warm up when my music was on the ice, I had such butterflies. I was so nervous. I did not feel like myself. I did not feel that muted Paulina, just go out there and do it mentality that I used to have when I competed at the highest stage. I instead felt like I was a hot air balloon rising and I just, I couldn't compete. So realizing this, as I left sectionals, I knew exactly the game plan that would help me and get me to where I wanted to be with skating. And that was to immediately get new programs, immediately start training for the next season so that I would be really comfortable and ready stamina and jump wise with my elements by summer. And then in the summer, I wanted to compete constantly. Every single week, I wanted to be doing a competition or a critique or some kind of event that put me under pressure, under the spotlight to practice that adrenaline. I got new programs choreographed by Philip Mills in December And my short program was a salsa, and my free program was I Will Wait For You from Sherberg's Umbrellas, and it was a super romantic program. I really loved it. I was also taking ballroom classes with American ballroom champions Evgenia Florenskaya and Vladimir Timofeyev for my salsa. So it was really, really fun getting to practice that dance on the floor and put it onto the ice. I was so, so excited about it. I was training with Christy Ness every week. She was helping me with all of my jumps and my technique. And I was having really, really good progress with everything. I returned all of my jumps and my combos. I was working on the continued quality of them. And most importantly, nailing them in the program. I was really, really working on my stamina program-wise. And so by March of this year, I was already making really good progress with the programs to be looking good by summer. And as I said, the plan was to compete locally and I wanted to potentially compete at a senior B international competition in the fall and regionals and sectionals and qualify for nationals. I wanted my friends to even come to the rink for practices for that extra adrenaline boost. For me, it doesn't matter if I'm in a crowd of a thousand people or if two or three of my closest friends are watching a practice. I still feel the same pressure and the same nerves to do well and impress, so I was really, really preparing to be putting myself in that position. But then the pandemic hit and that changed a lot of my plans. So for the first two months, I was dedicated to training off ice daily and monitoring my nutrition and fitness levels as to not be behind when training on ice started again. This was really stressful for me at first because I had a lot of anxiety about gaining weight and losing stamina and strength and everything because I had been consistently skating and working out four hours a day and then all of a sudden the ice time was yanked out from us and there was nothing we could do. In June, two to three rinks in the U.S. started to open for limited ice time and I knew that top skaters were starting to skate again, which propelled me, of course, to really want to jump back on the ice and know it's time to go. My home rink in San Jose opened mid-June, but I wasn't allowed to skate because they were doing a kind of camp for kids under 17, and as an adult, I couldn't skate with them. 
The first time I've actually even been allowed on ice in San Jose was in October when they finally made adult sessions. And since I'm over 18, that is the only session I'm allowed to skate on at the moment. In June, it was brought up between my family and I, the possibility of me moving on from sport. But the main point for it being brought up was that it was too hard for my body to return for the fourth time. Fourth time? What? Basically, when I first got injured back in 2016, it took almost three months of me not jumping. And so when I started to try to come back with my jumps, it was difficult and I had to take three months off completely no skating. Then I came back for six months and I was able to get everything back. But with that time frame, it was too fast for my body and I re-injured myself. So then I had to take 10 months off. After that 10 months, I started again, took it really slow, and it took me a full year to get everything back. All of a sudden, having another two months off when I was making so much progress, for me to return, it was going to be the fourth time I was putting myself under that kind of stress. At that point, all of the micro injuries start adding up into my body. My body just can't really handle it because all of the falls, all of the aches and pains, those are adding up. And those are starting to affect me because I'm older and I'm not so young anymore. An example of this is I actually pulled my groin back right before coronavirus happened. And so when I took a month or two off of skating, it seemed like I'd be able to heal really fast because I wasn't skating and aggravating it. But I was still doing off-ice jumps because I didn't want to lose the quickness of rotation. I was still doing running and stretching for stamina and flexibility. And none of that helped my groin. And so... For reference, I used to pull my groin all the time growing up. They would always be minor groin pulls, and in two or three days, they would be back to normal. It was never a big deal for my body. However, now that I'm older, this time, I actually went on a hike in April when my groin was still hurting, and after that hike, my leg really, really cramped up, and for a week after that, I was bedridden. I was on the couch the entire day because I couldn't really walk without pain so I was trying to rest it but at nighttime the pain would increase tenfold and I wasn't able to sleep it felt like I had two injuries because I not only couldn't move my leg up and sideways because of my groin but my glute and my IT band were super super tight and they were pulling on my lower back So my back hurt really, really bad. So every time I would lay down to go to sleep, I couldn't find a comfortable position and it just hurt. The way it felt, I'll describe to you, you know when you're about to crack your back and you feel the moment before it cracks, there's like really big pressure and it feels super weird. And as soon as you crack it, it feels amazing because the pressure was released. That feeling right before you crack your back was me constantly for a week. And I just could not find a single position that would help relieve that pressure. I actually had to go to the hospital because I was staying up until 3 a.m. every night, not able to sleep, just walking around in the living room while everyone else in the house I was with was asleep. And I was putting a sock filled with rice in the microwave, trying to hold it over my leg. And I was able to fall asleep on the couch around 3 a.m. at night. And then at 6 a.m. when the sun would come out, I would also be woken up. So I was getting no sleep, no rest for my body. I went to the hospital and the doctor looked at me. She barely felt my leg and she told me, yep, I think you probably pulled your muscle. 
She then tells me that I need to see PT. However, because of coronavirus, they aren't really offering PT and it's really hard to come to the hospital unless you have an emergency. So she gave me muscle relaxants instead. Luckily, when I came back to the house that I was staying at, one of my good friends who I was staying with at the time, he knew of a massage therapist who could help me that lived down the street. And so after two sessions with her, she completely helped me. I finally had some relief and it really made me realize how careful I need to be with my body now that it's older and I need to be taking really good care of it and maintenance of it because I'm just not the young skater I used to be that can just get hurt and be fine the next week. It also really gave me another deep interest into the health and wellness world as she was giving me a more holistic approach with just massage rather than the doctor that was trying to give me muscle relaxants. And so I'm very much interested in the holistic approach of medicine rather than the pharmaceutical companies that give you a quick fix but don't really solve the problem. But anyways, knowing that these injuries are really affecting my body, that was the moment that I really, really considered stopping. And at first it seemed so unreal. It was insane because skating has always been a safety net for me. It was always there in the back of my head. No matter what I did, no matter where I go, I always know, well, I'm going to be in training soon. Well, I'm going to be competing. After talking with my friends and my family members about the pros and cons of everything, ultimately I couldn't go through the stress of trying to jump flipping Lutz again after taking another two months off. So it took me the entire year after taking that 10 month break to get those jumps back. And it was the hardest thing that I've ever done. It was incredibly difficult mentally and physically because these are the same jumps that I initially injured my foot on. I have such a mental block going into those jumps when I train because every time I go into it, I have such a deep rooted fear that I'm going to twist my ankle or I'm going to have that knife-like sharp pain shoot up my leg or if I don't do it right I'm going to fall and hurt myself. It's so hard. It's like a wall that I mentally have to break down to be able to do those jumps and it took me the full year to be able to do that and I the only way that I was going to be able to keep doing it was by not taking a break by going in every day and practicing it and making it not a big deal. But to take those two months off and then try to skate again and push my body, force myself to do it, I know that I just can't force my body into that mental space again. It's so emotional just even talking about it. I cried a lot when I was talking through this with my parents and my family earlier this summer. And I was even crying last night when I was thinking about the mental block it takes to do these jumps. It's just such a heavy topic and it's such a It just gives me the shivers thinking about it. Coming to terms with that realization was really hard because I couldn't imagine not having skating. Without it, it's complete free fall. Skating has always been there for me, but now it's not. And that is something that took a lot of getting used to. I'm doing fine now, (laughs) just so everyone knows. One of the things that really stuck with me is my dad told me, if you don't enjoy the journey, it's not worth it. And I knew that for continuing skating, I was really doing it because I wanted the glory of doing more, getting more out of my career than what I've already accomplished. But with knowing the stress, the mental stress it takes, it didn't seem right to risk my body and risk my health to maybe get a cool result out of it. 
I decided to move forward with the healthier and happier version of my life. And I I also realized that it's unrealistic to skate without competitions for me because that's what I needed to practice. I wanted to pursue different career opportunities and not wait during such an unknown time for competitive sports. And I understand that if I don't compete this year at a national level and I don't go to international competitions next season, it's not realistic for me to qualify for the Olympics in 2022. And so it it was a really hard decision to make. You know, if the pandemic hadn't happened, I'd be in a completely different position. And that would have been super exciting. But everything happens for a reason. And I know I'm now being guided on a new path that I'm equally as excited for. Okay, my technique tip of the week is skating skills. Skating skills are extremely important. Any young skater right now should focus on passing all of their moves in the field tests as soon as possible because this will give you the skills to learn great quality jumps and spins and overall skating. It'll give you the full package. Fun fact, I passed mine at eight years old and it was a huge asset to my ability to be as good as I was at such a young age. So moves in the field tests, guys, go pass them. All right, fan questions of the week. All of these were asked to me by fans on Instagram. And if I don't answer your question this week, stay tuned next week. I'll answer it then. Okay, how do you be a tough competitor? I think you should be confident in yourself. There's no room for self-doubt if you're going to be a tough cookie. And when things don't go right, regroup and look forward to what's ahead. Do not dwell on the past. How do you not let nerves get in the way when you train so hard? I think you should remind yourself that you're ready because of your hard work. Positive affirmations go a long way. Take deep breaths and pretend you're at home. Lift some of the pressure off your shoulders by imagining it's just another day at the rink. What's the best food for athletes and what are some healthy treats? Everyone has different needs for their microbiomes, but generally speaking, I think keeping a healthy mix of proteins, veggies, and natural sugars is good with carbs before big days to expend energy. Healthy treats? Okay, I have a huge sweet tooth. Some of my favorite healthy treats are coconut milk ice cream, dark chocolate, fruit, and I really love healthy baking. I do simple cookies and brownies from almond flour and maple syrup, things like that. If you're interested in recipes, check out my account on Instagram. It's called Paul Powered. I also have a website. It's www.paulpowered.com and I have a ton of fun recipes like sweet potato brownies and healthy chocolate chip cookies, things like that, uh, that use minimal ingredients and they're pretty dank. Will I use my degree to get a dream job? I hope so. My dream job is sports casting or being kind of an Olympic personality. I really want to work in sports media. So I think with my communications degree, I'm right on track. And doing this podcast is actually also a great experience for me. Super fun. So I'm enjoying it. How do you overcome a mental block? What helps me is to take a step back. It's harder to undo 20 pops, right? So when I go for something, I give myself one to three tries to do it. And then I stop. Mental affirmations of forcing myself through are Basically what I do, I, you know, give myself one lap around and I say, you have to do it or you don't get another shot. What was the best moment of my life? 
most definitely the Olympics because it was the culmination of all of my hard work and my family sacrifices with this global recognition of my abilities. So the Olympics, hands down. How did having your mom as your coach affect your relationship at home? We definitely fought at the rank, but at home we've always been friends. I definitely like my relationship as a mom and daughter with her more than a student and coach. But I'm super thankful for everything my mom's done with me with skating, absolutely. I do not believe that I would have gotten as far as I did without her help. If I have kids one day, will I let them competitively skate? I don't want them to skate. I definitely want them to learn. Uh, I really have no interest in putting my life through the hassle and the dedication of competitive sports again, so hopefully not. I hope they go into something like dance or something that lets you have vacations. But that being said, if they really have a talent and a desire for it, I'll support them. What's it like to grow up with one Russian parent and one American parent? It is amazing having two cultures in the house and celebrating such a rich history of traditions on both sides. I love being half Russian, half American. How do I feel about so many Russian children doing quads? It's quite an accomplishment for them. It's it's very, very applaudable. But I think the focus on jumps is too great and they're not as focused on the rest of their skating. I don't think it's healthy for their bodies to be doing it either. It brings a lot of injuries and most of them can't do them after they've gone through puberty. So I don't really support all these kids doing quads. I think it'd be more impressive if there were adults doing quads, but there aren't. Did I have a mentality change with skating as I grew from elementary to university? So I definitely think I appreciated skating more as I went to university and I missed how special skating was because when I took time off and I was able to just be a regular student, that was super fun. It was a breath of fresh air, but I realized how magical skating was and how amazing the opportunities I had of traveling internationally and competing on the biggest stage were and it made me want to return and come back to skating all that much more. Do I think the judging system needs to change and what changes? That's a loaded question. Uh, I'll just give you one change for now. Yes, it definitely needs to change and I think consistency across panels is key and I think judging just needs to be more truthful. A lot of the times if a judge wants to be honest, they kind of can't because they're not invited to the highest events. So they kind of always need to be going with the flow. And I think that's a real problem are skating. Is there a bigger language and culture barrier with Japanese or Russian skaters? I think Japanese. Personally, I've always been able to talk with Russian skaters, but that could be just because I'm half Russian. (laughs) What's needed for successful rehabilitation? What is the coach's role in this and how do you plan a comeback and the timetable for it? I think calm trust in the slow process is what's going to bring the most success. You cannot rush a return because you could bring back your injury. Your health is the most important thing, so take it slow. And a coach's job is just to support you 100%. They should never be trying to make you feel bad or guilty for the slow comeback 
or that you should be rushing in any way. Everyone has their own timetable, but it takes time regardless. So I think a good support system is key. Last question, who from figure skating's past would I want to see in their prime in person? Dorothy Hamill. I'd love to see Dorothy Hamill. Or I'd really love to see Tanya Harding land the triple axel at Skate America because that was an iconic competition. Or Michelle Kwan. I would love to watch Michelle Kwan in person and yeah, that would just be amazing. Okay, final segment, uh, positivity tip. So I am really, really passionate about the positive mindset. I think it gives you a great attitude and it really helps you emotionally go after whatever you're doing in your life. So my positivity tip of the week is this. When you move from one chapter to another, reflect on all the good things you've accomplished and all the potential ahead. Remember that you are not defined by one chapter. Your life is a book and you deserve to write stories throughout. It can be scary, it can be exciting, but ultimately, giving yourself the opportunity to grow and thrive in different places is a good thing. So remind yourself that you're more than just your past. When one door closes, another opens, right? All right, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Please stay tuned for more episodes like this. Tell me what you think about this episode. Give me a rating, give me a comment. Please subscribe if you want to keep listening. And also, follow me on my Instagram. That's where I'm promoting this. My username is at Paulina Edmonds. Stay active. Keep asking me questions. Let me know who you want me to bring on to interview. All of that jazz. And I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.